glad you're here today. Uh, it's great to see everybody out. What an awesome day. I love summer. I uh, love summer. I'm glad you're here. And it's great to have the Shriners with us. Isn't it great to see one of the young people who grew up in our church now making an international impact? Can you, isn't that amazing? So awesome. Thank you, Brooke. Man, we are, we're proud of Brooke and a, and a lot of our, our students have come through our church. Guys, if you're here today for the first time, uh, it's a great day to be here because we are beginning a new series uh, that we're calling The Road to Recovery. And uh, we, I'm mean, really excited about this. I've been wanting to preach this series for a long time. And I've been really excited because uh, we are about to begin a ministry called Celebrate Recovery, which is going to believe, uh, going to, I think, impact our entire community. And uh, so we're, we're going to get into that day and talk about what it's all about. You know, several years ago, uh, when I was much younger, I, I led a youth group uh, one uh, March weekend on a kind of a, a hike. We hiked the Appalachian Trail, or part of it anyway, uh, which is in uh, southern Indiana. And uh, we started off, many of these kids, uh, most of them were teenagers, many of them had never had a hike or camped or anything at all. And so we told them to pack, but when they came, they packed all this junk that they just didn't need, you know, uh, cans of food and all this sort of thing. We were going to walk like 13 miles. And uh, so we had a lot of fun going through their luggage and throwing out stuff that they wouldn't need, you know, and they're like, how can I survive without my curling iron for a weekend and stuff like that. And so we went through that process and we got rid of everything we could because we knew we had to carry everything for, for three days. And, uh, but the, the interesting thing, as soon as we got out of the van to get ready to start our hike, it started raining, and it rained for three days solid. So if you can imagine what that was like, just being wet and walking up some really steep uh, hills on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, but about the second day in, what we discovered is that none of us were really prepared for that kind of trip. I, I was in better shape, but I, I wasn't in any good shape for that. Uh, and I was tired of carrying my pack, just what I had, and, and I had lightened it as much as possible. But my burdens were heavy to bear. But what we found was that many of the kids could not carry their own burdens and their own pack. And so we started carrying their pack. We were carrying ours. So we had two on our back, you know, one on our, each arm. And we were carrying burdens for them as well as our own. And how many of us know that when you get to doing that, it's a lot to carry? It's a lot to carry. In fact, uh, the, the, the end of the second day, we found a shelter, and we holed up, and we quit the hike right there. We just camped for, for the rest of the time together. But I'm going to talk for the next few weeks about bearing burdens, not only bearing our own burdens, but carrying the burdens of other people as well. Because if we are the people of God, part of our task is to be responsible for what God's put upon us, but also to help other people and to help them bear their own burdens. And so for several weeks now, we've been kind of preparing to do that through this new ministry. And for a few weeks now, there have been a core group of people meeting together, doing a study, building a team to help lead this ministry. And we've got several of the folks in our church, but also people in our community who are going to be a part of this team. And I'm really super excited about it because I believe that God has brought us to this place and this time to be able to impact our community in a powerful way. I want you all to know what we're going to be doing and I also want to challenge you to be a part of that in some aspect. You may be a part of the group, but you may just be part of helping to make this all work out. Let me tell you how I believe God has brought some people together to do that. You know, for a few years, a couple of years probably, I've thought about this. I've thought, this is something we need to do. Uh, but, but, you know, it takes people that really have a heart, the time, the focus, the experience to do it. And so uh, about a year or so ago, uh, God brought an amazing couple to us. It's Gracie and John Robinson. And if you know them, you know what a heart they have for people. 
Uh, it's really interesting how they got here, though. That's how, how God works. Because uh, Gracie and John are from Connecticut. And living in central Kentucky was never on their bucket list. You know, it's not like, oh, we'd love to live in Kentucky, you know. Uh, so, um, but because of some health issues that John has and his need for, for care with the VA, uh, they had an option to move here, and I think another place or two. So they came down to check it out. They're in Georgetown uh, checking out central Kentucky, and they meet up with a couple of our ladies, <laughs> uh, Nancy Cheek and Peggy Hensley, who are there in a restaurant, as I, as I get it, and they just started talking to them, and they invited them to come to church the next Sunday. So John and Gracie came to church. They sat right up here. I remember that really well. I got a chance to meet them, and they decided that God was leading them to central Kentucky. And what we didn't know was that John and Gracie had been doing ministry like this for a long time. They have degrees. They've got counseling. They've got experience re recovery. And God was working all this out. So six months later, they move here, and they become kind of core leaders of that group. That's how God works. It's amazing. God works through us. And God was establishing the right people, the right place and the time to make this work out. I believe God wanted the ministry here. I believe God brings things together in his time. And so, you know, we want as a, as a church, we want to own the needs, the lostness of our community, the confusion, the burdens. We want to help carry the burdens for people. And so because of that, Celebrate Recovery is a great fit for us. Because the vision for Celebrate Recovery is for the church to provide a place, a safe place, where families can find healing and restoration, where moms and dads and children of every age can find freedom from their hurts, their hang-ups, and their habits. And so today we're beginning a series called The Road to Recovery. It's based on a series of messages by Rick Warren, who wrote a little book that maybe you heard of called The Purpose Driven Life. Uh, that's the number one seller, has been for many years. But several years ago, they established this ministry in their church in Saddleback in California, and it's now going to international. And so we're going to be a part, a part of that. Now you say, well, that sounds great for people who need it, but you know, I don't know that I'm there. And I want to encourage you, do not check out. Do not check out for a lot of reasons. One is that we're a church that wants to bear the, the burdens of people who have needs. But also, you may in the process discover that you got some issues in your life that need to be dealt with. You may discover that God is bringing you to some healing that you need as well. Because all of us have some hurts in our life. All of us have habits that are messing up our life. All of us have some hang-ups that are causing pain in our life. And I will almost guarantee that. In fact, I would ask you, have you ever been hurt by anybody? Probably so. Have you ever, have you ever had a habit that, that probably isn't very healthy for you? you know, what is it that you need to recover from? Let me give you a list of things and see if any of these things apply. How about overworking or maybe overeating or overspending or alcohol or drugs or grief or guilt or anger or rage or fear or anxiety, maybe divorce, abuse, sexual addiction, codependency, insecurity, perfectionism, hypochondria, um, uh, drama in your life, hurtful relationships, gambling, lying, procrastination, the need to control dysfunctional family relationships. I think I just covered us all, all right? So my, my idea is this group ought to be rather large. You know, we can probably do it on Sunday morning. Uh, but the reality is that all of us have issues, but they may not be controlling our lives at the moment. If they're not dictating or controlling your life, we find it easy to push those things in the background. 
And for a lot of us, we're just going to kind of guts it out. We're just going to kind of get through it in life. We're not going to acknowledge that we have a problem. And unfortunately, because we do that or when we do that, we probably never find recovery. But there are other people who are going to use wisdom in their life, and they're going to, they're going to seek help and recovery. And the great thing is that as the body of Christ, we have that to offer. We can offer recovery and Jesus to people who are lost and drowning because the church is designed to be a life-saving station that not only helps people when they get here, but reaches out to people with an arm of compassion and love. And when people are lost and overwhelmed, they need something, and Jesus is what they need. And so Celebrate Recovery is going to help us do that because it is Jesus-focused. It is Jesus-focused, and that's why, you know, to be honest with you, it relates to every one of us, every one of us. You see, God cares about your struggles. He cares about it. The Bible's full of God's compassion and God's offer of help and healing for us. And says in Isaiah chapter 57, God says to the people, I've seen their ways, but I will heal them. I will guide them and restore comfort to Israel's mourners, creating praise on their lips. Peace, peace to those who are far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. In that one scripture, there are five things that God says, I'm going to give you. God says, I'm going to heal you. We're all wanting healing. God says, I will guide you. Don't we need that? I will give you comfort. I will restore your joy. I will give you peace. Every one of us have hurts and struggles in our lives because life is hard. Life is hard on us, isn't it? We all get hurt, and we all hurt other people. So to be honest with you, this series is for every one of us because we all need recovery. We all need healing and restoration. Unless you lived a perfect life, unless you lived encapsulated in a bubble for the, all of your life, you are experiencing some of these things that we're talking about right now. And whether it's emotional or physical or financial or, or spiritual or relational or sexual, whatever it may be, the steps to recovery are all the same. And guys, we've got to get to the place in our life where if we can acknowledge that some people have life-controlling problems that are dictating and limiting what they can do, but those people are no worse than you and I. They are in desperate need of Jesus and healing, and we have to put ourselves alongside of them. You know, down through the years, a lot of people have tried to offer uh, programming to do that and done an awesome job. In fact, in 1935, there were two guys that got together and they came up with 12 principles. And uh, these 12 principles were the basis for AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, and now NA, Narcotics Anonymous, uh, to help people overcome and find healing from addiction. But here's the thing about it. These 12 steps are all based on the Bible. And, and that uh, organ, those organizations, they're, they're secular. They don't always talk about who God is. They talk about a higher power. But the reality is that all of these steps come directly from God's Word because God's Word is all about healing and helping people recover from the destructive things in their life. In whatever form sin comes into our life, whatever form we experience that, whether our own or whether it's what somebody forces on us, uh, sin is destructive. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the destruction of sin, but more importantly, look at God's recovery plan, and we're going to use the word recovery in that process. We're not going to take 12 weeks to cover this. We're going to do eight, so it's going to take a few weeks, but we're going to use the word recovery, and each week we'll have a different principle, and we'll kind of use it on the acronym recovery. So the first step, the R in recovery stands for realize, to realize that I am not God, that I am not God. You know, for some people... That's the biggest issue in life. I have to admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do wrong things, and my life is unmanageable. 
Now, for some people, it's overwhelming. It's life-controlling, right? But for all of us, it is true. It's not always in the big things. It's in the simple things of life, like maybe issues of lack of self-control. Do you ever stay up too late, later than you should? Do you ever eat a little more than you should? Do you ever know that you ought to exercise, but you don't go do it? Are you naturally selfish? Do you try to control everything in your world? Do you know the right thing and don't do it? Do you know something is wrong and you do it anyway? The Bible says in James chapter 4 that if, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin for them. So not only do we sin by committing wrong acts, but we also sin by omitting the right thing, by not doing the thing God has called us to do. And I think that simply covers every one of us, to be honest with you. We have to realize that we all are sinners, that we all stand in need of God's power and God's forgiveness. Because the cause of all of my problems is my sin nature. And every one of us have that. For some people, it manifests itself in more dramatic ways, but all of us have a sin nature. We all do things that are not good for us. We all do things that are destructive to our body, to our health, to our relationships. And we all do things that are destructive to other people as well. Our lives impact the people around us on a regular basis. And you know what? Even as Christians, we're not exempt because even as believers in Christ, we are still pulled by the wrong desires, in the wrong direction away from God. Romans chapter 7 says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Maybe you feel that way about life sometimes. There are things that you tell God, I'm never going to do that again. God, forgive me. But you find yourself returning to it. Or maybe you have awesome intentions. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. But you never follow through. It's our sin nature. It is our sin nature and it's, and it's desire that, our desire that we want to be God in our life. And I want to tell you because of that, it is the basis of all the problems our world's ever experienced. It is the reason why there is a devil. Because the Bible tells us that even before the creation of mankind, that Lucifer, who was a chief angel, rebelled against God because he wanted to be God, and he was thrown out of heaven. And now he leads the evil spirits. It was what caused sin into our world. Adam and Eve in the garden, they heard God's word. They knew what God said, and yet they wanted to be their own God and do what they wanted. And so because of that, sin came into our world. And you and I suffer the fall of that. We experience that all the time. We want to control our, 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 our lives. We want to control our image. We want to control our problems and our pain and other people. And you know, sometimes as we seek to control those things in life, we find ourselves in habits, maybe even addictions that are what we feel like may be beyond our control. You know, I think the reason that sometimes people turn to alcohol or drugs or food or maybe cutting themselves or any other addiction is to try to escape the pain of their life, to try to figure out how I can fix myself and how I can escape this if, even for a short time. But the problem with those actions is that they, they do not fix the pain in, on a long basis, and they make our problems worse because our problems grow with our addictions and our wrong actions. It's when we try to fix them, we try to be God, and we don't seek his help that we get ourselves in deeper trouble. And you know what? When we try to play God, it, it creates a cycle of, of misery for us. There are a lot of complications and consequences of playing God. For one, there's fear. There's a fear of being, of being found out of someone discovering who we are, that we're not perfect, that we don't have it all together in life. And so we keep people at a distance. We fake it. We pretend because we have a fear. We also have frustration. 
Why is there frustration? Because it's hard to be the general manager of the universe. It's hard to keep everything going. It's hard to keep all the problems, all the plates spinning at the same time. You ever play that game, whack-a-mole, in the arcade? You know, where you got this club and you're beating the mole when it sticks its head up and it's here and, and you beat it down and it sticks its head up, you know? You never win because there's always another mole. And maybe your life is just like that. There's problems you're trying to beat down. And as soon as you fix one, another pops up. And you're always looking for a way to try to win to survive. It's very frustrating, isn't it? Not only is there fear of frustration, but there's also a lot of fatigue in your life. You're exhausted. A lot of us are running on empty, you know. We try to, it's, it's tiring when, you're, when you think you've got to be God. We try to keep busy. For some people, it's workaholism, it's obsession or compulsion of a hobby, a sport, or any other thing in life. That's their way of trying to deal with the fatigue, and it just makes it worse. And then the last part of that cycle is failure. It's failure because none of us have it all together. You're always going to fail when you try to be God, and that's going to continue the cycle, leading to more fear, frustration, fatigue, and failure over and over again. Well, guys, we don't have all the answers, but let me tell you this. Here at Journey, we want to acknowledge that none of us have it together, that none of us do, especially not me, you know. We are all fellow strugglers in this job. We're weak in certain areas. We're all struggling. We all need God. We need one another. And I would tell you there's not a person in this room that has it all together today. It is our inadequacy. It is our sense of need and the understanding of our own sin nature that drives us to seek help and healing to God. It's our inability to save ourselves that brings us to the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ to acknowledge that we need Him. It's like the song said, we need Him every hour, more like every moment, to be honest with you. We need Jesus in our life. And understanding that is kind of what brings us together as believers. It's our inability to save ourselves, that we seek Christ to find grace and forgiveness that leads to healing and then once we experience that healing, we want to help other people experience it as well. We want to bring them to Jesus. You know, our mission as a church is to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. That's why we changed our name. Because we want that to be, when people think of Journey Church, it's moving people on a journey, regardless of where you are. You may start far from God. You may be here and, and you've never even heard of Jesus. We talk about, they talk about people in other countries, but we have folks in our country who've never been to church. They've never been taught about Jesus. We love to find people and show them what Jesus can be. Or maybe it's people who know Christ, but they're, they're disconnected from him in some way. They've, they've been hurt or they've been alienated or they've just been out of habit. You know, they've kind of lost their walk with Christ. And we want to help them move and take their next step to Christ. And for some, it's an extreme experience of healing that's going to get them where they need to be with Christ. You know, in the last few months, God's really brought, I think, a kind of a new awareness or fresh awareness to me about the hurting people in our community. Part of that was a few months ago when we had uh, two individuals who not, aren't really members of our church, but they're part of families that attend here who overdosed in one week, a 35-year-old and a 39-year-old. And when something like that happens, it brings it back, not only to the hurt of uh, those folks that led them to that place, but also to the family and what they'd gone through for 20-some years of addiction and, and trying to help their child, the loved one, experience that and get over that. Not only that, but there's also an awareness of other people who are dealing with hurts and habits and hang-ups and, and grief and, and relational bro brokenness. 
And that's why I believe God has kind of brought us to this place at this time and really have this recovery ministry here, a support and recovery, because I believe that God's put an amazing amount of potential in every one of us. And for some of us, we'll never realize that, we'll never experience that because we're stuck on something else. Maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a thought process, maybe it's a broken relationship, maybe it's a devaluing of ourselves. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, God intended all of us to be incredibly uh, blessed and, and have a walk with Him. And what my hope is that through this ministry, we're not only going to be able to help minister to other people, but we're going to see our own needs too. And that's what I said earlier, when we start talking about the list of things that we all need help from, we all find ourselves in one of those areas. We all find that we could recover ourselves, and it would be good for us. Now, we all have issues, but, but there are two ways that we can respond to those issues. And the first one is denial. Obviously, that's wrong. I spent a little bit of time with the group and, and talking in a couple of sessions, and, and one of the big issues is denial because that's really where it starts, kind of like the R in recovery is to realize that I'm not God, that I've got issues. Denial is saying, you know what, my problem is not that bad. It's not that bad. Let me ask you this, how bad does a problem have to get before it's bad? How deep does our pain and our hurt have to be before we decide, you know what, I'm tired of living like this. I am not going to live like this the rest of my life. And a lot of people will never get the courage to say, you know what, i got an issue there. To say, I've got a problem. Here's the thing, our human behavior is that we never change until our pain becomes greater than our fear of change. Let me say that again. We never change until our pain becomes greater than our fear of change. We don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat, right? When it starts affecting us personally and we start suffering in some way, that's when we think we have to change. And maybe you're feeling the heat. Maybe life is getting you down and you say, you know what, it's time. It's time. I want to change. I want to, I want to recover from this. Here's the other thing. Some people say, I got problems, yeah, but I can deal with them. I can handle my problems. I can solve them. You know what, if you could handle your problems, you wouldn't have a problem, right? That's the way it is. We wouldn't have it if we could fix it because we already would have done so. As a result of those type of attitudes, we don't tell people, we don't get any help, we don't seek help, and the problem remains and grows. And so the first step, like we said, is to realize and admit my powerlessness, admit my need for Christ, and I need Him to come into my life and change some things. Now, to be honest with you, that, that really goes against the American spirit of independence, right? We celebrated last week how independent we are, not just as a country, but as people to say, we don't need anybody. We're on our own. We're good. We can handle it. The old pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, don't depend on anybody or anything. Do it alone. But I want to tell you, that attitude doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because what you've been doing is not working. Probably is why you're where you are. If it were working, you would be out of it. And isn't, don't they say that insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different outcome? You know? The reality is that we're not going to solve our problems by ourselves. You need other people, and more than that, you need God. So admitting that I, mean, I need God means some important things. It means, number one, acknowledging that I am powerless to change my past. You know what? All of us are here today, and, and, and when we start talking about our past, some of us have a very painful past. For some people, our past is so painful that we've repressed it in, in memory, and we don't even remember what our past was uh, because it's just that bad. Our body's kind of compensated for our hurt. 
But a lot of us can go back and we, uh, we can think about our lives, but what we can't do is we can't go back and relive our lives. We can't do that. Many people spend a lot of their time thinking about what I should have done or what I could have done or said or anything. We can't go back and relive our lives. There's no way. We're a product of our families. We're a product of our choices. We're a product of our experience. It is our history. Unfortunately, we cannot change that. We are what we are and who we are for good or for bad. We have to acknowledge that. Secondly, we have to acknowledge that we are powerless to control other people. That we can blame other people, we can abuse other people, we can manipulate other people, uh, but it doesn't work, you know? We can't force them to take responsibility for our lives. I'm responsible for me, my actions, and not their actions. I can't control them. And thirdly, I admit that I'm powerless to cope with my harmful habits, my behavior, and actions. Why? Because even though we all have great intentions, we all try, we all do our best, we fail. Willpower is good, but it's not good enough, right? Because we need a power that's stronger than our will. We need a power that's bigger and beyond ourselves, and that power is God, and He alone can change us and heal us. And guys, here's the thing. When I admit my struggles, only then am I open to receive God's help and God's grace. I have to acknowledge them, or, or God's grace is blocked in my lives. When I'm trying to do it alone, God won't break through that. Only when I open myself up and give him room, only then will God allow me to experience his grace and mercy. James chapter 4 says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. You know, grace is forgiveness and the power to help us make the changes in my life that we want to make and we need to make so desperately. And God will only give grace to those who are truly humble and who repent of their sins. So let me wrap up this morning by asking you a question. What is it in your life that needs to be changed? What is it in your life? And all of us know, I can't tell you and put my finger on what it is. I may have a hint because of what I see in your life or, or how you act. I don't know, but you know, don't you? You and God know. What is it that needs changing in your life? What hurt is it that you need to address? Maybe figure out, maybe, maybe try to get past. What habit is it in your life? that you need to, to rid yourself of because it's not healthy. It's destructive. It, it's holding you back. What hang-up has been controlling your life? Maybe for all your life. And here's the thing. Sometimes we have built our life around these hurts, habits, and hang-ups so much that we don't even know it. We don't even remember it or, or realize it because it's so life-controlling. And maybe you can't even think about what life might be without it. And only, you can only hope. And maybe it's time to start breaking some of those strongholds in your life. Admitting that you have a problem is the biggest step. It's the biggest step. And then everything from there is kind of downhill. Because once you realize that, you're ready to make some real changes. Maybe this morning your first step is just to admit that you have sin in your life. That you don't have it all together. That you need a Savior. You need a, you need a Jesus. Romans chapter 3 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But 1 John 1 says, if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That an amazing promise. Amazing promise. And let me just tell you this. In this process of recovery, every time we're going to come back to Jesus because that's where it all begins. And to be honest with you, that's where it all ends with Jesus. That's where it's at. And so if you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, that's the number one thing 
that I'm challenging you to do to make sure that you are right with him, to make sure that the gospel is firmly a part of your life, that you have heard the good news of Jesus Christ, that you have accepted him as Lord and Savior, and now you're on your journey. And with him on your side, he's an army of one, you know, and you're going to be able to overcome every challenge and experience recovery. If you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, I would love to have that conversation with you. You can catch me later, contact me, whatever it may be. Uh, But I'm excited. I really am. I believe God's going to break some strongholds. I believe God's going to give some freedom through this study. And it's amazing to see what God's going to do and how his life can change, how he can change your life. Let's pray together. Father, God, thank you for today. Lord, as we begin this journey that all of us need, Lord, there, there are no, there are none of us here that have it all together. God, there's, there's no difference when you look at us. The ground is level at the cross. When you, when you see us, we're all in need, regardless of the things of our life that, that may control us and dictate our lives and actions. So God, help us to get that out of our head, that we're better or worse than anybody else. We all stand in need of your mercy and grace. And God, only by acknowledging your love, your power, your authority, and more importantly, your son Jesus, only then can we experience healing. So God, we love you. We worship you. My prayer is that everyone in this room is ready to go on this journey because they know Jesus is Lord. If not, I pray for courage and commitment to seek you out, discover the love you have for us, and find recovery. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.